Most kids go through phases when it comes to naps. When they come home from the hospital, that little infant, they kind of just sleep when they want to and they wake up when they want to. They're, they're just on their own schedule. But fairly quickly, the, the parents try to instill a little bit of a, a, a time frame for that. You know, a little nap in the morning, a little nap in the afternoon, and then sleep through the night or at least as much of it as possible. And slowly but surely, that little baby kind of learns, okay, everybody's up and playing when the sun's out and everybody's down asleep when the sun's down. So I'll kind of follow along with that until they, they kind of become a little more self-aware and they, they realize, hey, I can control this nap thing. You know, they see the crib coming up and they go, wait a minute, I'm not through playing peekaboo. And there's a little bit of squirming, a little bit of fussing. And, and you know, they finally the, the parent will calm them down and get them to sleep. And another night time is in the books. And then that little child becomes an adult and longs for a nap. Maybe you're looking forward to a nap today. Maybe you're wanting one right now. My, my cousin was a, or my, my uncle rather, was a, a preacher, and I went to visit him. And I was there with him one Sunday morning. I looked over there, and my cousin had fallen fast asleep. His head was up against the hymnal in the pew in front of him, and there was a pool of drool down below his head. <laughs> so before we have to go run and get any mops, hang with me this morning. I, I won't be long, I, I promise you. But we're going to look at something that, that's really important, an important principle so significant that even God did this. We're going to see this morning how much we all need the Sabbath. Indeed, the Bible tells us that the Sabbath is a good thing. For the last couple of weeks, we've been reading from Exodus chapter 16, this amazing miracle. It's one of those miracles in the Bible that people that don't even really know the Bible very well, they're familiar with this miracle, how God sent the manna from heaven, how the Israelites were needing food in the wilderness experience, and and God provided it for them. Every morning they would go out and they would gather up uh, the manna, and they had plenty. They had enough for them, they had enough for their families, everything that they would need. And God sent that manna every morning except for one. We find out about it here in Exodus chapter 16. We're going to pick it up at verse 22. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much, two omers for each person. And the leaders of the community came and reported this to Moses. He said to them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is to be a day of rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left and keep it until the morning. Remember the Sabbath day. And keep it holy. That's one of the Ten Commandments. It's the fourth commandment to be exact. But but wait a minute. This is Exodus chapter 16. God didn't give the Ten Commandments to the Israelites until chapter 20. So how did they know about this Sabbath thing? How did they know that command when God hadn't given them the Ten Commandments yet? Well, uh, the Ten Commandments were already commandments before God wrote them down on tablets for Moses there on Mount Sinai. Obviously, people didn't run around murdering people and stealing from people before God gave them the Ten Commandments. They knew what God had 
called for them to do. And this particular commandment had been with them literally from the time of creation itself. Genesis chapter 2 verse 3 records, And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. We don't often associate commandments and holiness with something that we really want to do. In fact, it's usually the opposite. We think of commandments as God telling us what we're not supposed to do because sometimes we think, well, I really would kind of like to do that. But that's not true. It's not true for this commandment. It's really not true for any of the commandments. God's not trying to keep us from something good. He knows the danger that awaits. He knows the devastation that sin brings into our life. When he told Adam and Eve not to eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil there in the Garden of Eden, he wasn't trying to keep them from some a good snack. He knew how devastating that would be to their life. And so he warned them, if you eat from that fruit, you're going to bring upon yourself toil and difficulty and death itself. And I don't want that from, for you. So stay away from it. And unfortunately, they disobeyed his commands. That's true for all of God's commands. He wants the very best for us. He knows that living outside of his boundaries is a disaster for us. And that's true for his command about the Sabbath. We need it. In fact, we need it so much that God himself modeled this for us at the very beginning of creation, resting on the seventh day because he knew how badly we need this. The longest recorded period that anyone has ever gone without sleep is 264 hours. That's just over 11 days. Folks, I promise you this is not a record you want to try to break. (laughs) The effects of sleep deprivation are terrible, and, and they begin long before 11 days. In as little as 24 hours, you can start to feel some of the effects of sleep deprivation, and after three or four nights, you will start hallucinating. You'll start exhibiting terrible irritability, paranoia, even psychosis. Hey, I get a little cranky when I have to go to bed after 10.30. I I can imagine what would be after 11 days. Lack of sleep affects your appetite, your metabolism, your temperature, your mood, your stress level. You'll be inflexible. You'll have trouble talking. You'll make increasingly bad choices. Like trying to stay up without sleep. That's a really bad choice. For most people, you would not even physically be able to stay awake for more than about 72 hours unless there is someone there keeping you awake. Because one of the strongest uh, uh, things that affect us from a, a lack of sleep is the incredible desire to go to sleep. We need rest. In fact, God takes that one step further. We need rest, not only physically, but we need rest in Him. That's why He describes how He made the Sabbath holy. 
We desperately need to allow our spirit to stop from all the anxiety and stress and worry of the world and just focus on Jesus. We need this. But for some reason, we seem to try to find a way around the Sabbath. God, here in Exodus chapter 16, made complete provision for all of the needs of the people of Israel. Verses 24 through 26, it describes how on the sixth day, so that they would be able to rest on the seventh day, on the sixth day, God would provide them with a double portion of the manna. You'll you'll remember what the, the, the rule had been, that each day they were only to gather just enough for what they would need for that day. And if they tried to save some extra for the next day, it would just get rotten. And so what did the people do? Well, they tried to save some extra, and sure enough, it got rotten. So each day they would just gather just enough, except for that sixth day, when God would would give the provision for them to gather double the amount so that they'd have enough for the sixth day and then they would have enough for the seventh day as well. And they wouldn't have to go out and gather it. They would already have it so they could spend that time resting and rejoicing in the presence of God. So what did the people do? Well, it's recorded in verse 27. Nevertheless, some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather it, but they found... None. (laughs) Okay, let's review. God has commanded a day of rest. And again, this wasn't a command that he's just now giving to the nation of Israel. This was something that they had known all along. It literally goes all the way back to creation itself. So so God has given them this very clear commandment. The Sabbath was nothing new. They were supposed to already be observing the Sabbath even before this time. And then God makes provision for the Sabbath. They could go out on the sixth day and they could gather a double portion and they would have plenty for that day and plenty for the next day. And so what did they do? Well, on the seventh day... They go out of their tent with their baskets in hand, ready to gather some more manna. And there's none out there. How typical is that? God tells us what he wants us to do. And then he makes provision so that we can do what he's telling us to do. And we respond to that by sticking our nose out of the tent just to be sure. Just to see if maybe there's some way we can get around that rule. God pointed out the obvious to Moses in verse 28. And the Lord said to Moses, how long will you refuse to keep my commands and my instructions? Bear in mind that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. That is why on the sixth day he gives you bread for two days. Everyone is to stay where he is on the seventh day. No one is to go out. So the people rested On the seventh day, God told Moses, you have exactly what you need to do what I've told you to do. You need this. You need the Sabbath. And I've made it possible for you to have exactly what you need. And so finally, finally, at least for the moment, the people get it. And they rested. Folks, God does the same thing for us. He gives us commands. And he also provides exactly what we need 
to obey those commands. All that remains is for us to do what he's told us to do. I'm going to date myself a little bit here, and maybe some of you too. If you laugh at this, we'll know how old you are. Flip Wilson was a comedian back from the late 60s, early 70s, and he had a character that he had several characters that did, but one of the characters that did was a, a lady named Geraldine. And Geraldine would, would always end whatever story she was, was telling, which was usually about something that she'd gotten herself in trouble. And, and she, would, she would end by saying, The devil made me do it. Okay, I caught you. I know how old you are. Well, that doesn't go a ways back. But, but here's something you need to understand. You don't get anything else out of this morning. Get this. The devil cannot make you do anything. Here's how the Bible puts it. Paul writing to the Corinthians who, who were kind of saying, well, the devil made us do this. Paul, it's not our fault. He's making us. Paul said, no. Here's what he said. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Satan can't make you do anything. He can tempt you to do it. He can make it look really, really good. But he can't make you do anything. And that's true for every commandment. It's true for this command to keep the Sabbath. Don't try to look for a way around it. We need this. We desperately need a time for physical rest. We desperately need a time to rest in the arms of God. To focus everything that we are for just a moment on Him. We need that. So here's some ways to remember the Sabbath day. Some things you can do that that will help. Uh, First of all, the worship. Just do what you're doing right now. Thank you this morning. You could have been doing a lot of things this morning. It's a beautiful day outside for one. sun's been shining. It's warmed up a little bit. There's a lot of things that you could have been doing this morning rather than coming here. But, but you chose, for whatever reason, you felt like, hey, it's significant enough in my life. It's important enough in my life that I'm going to go gather with God's people and I'm going to spend some time just focused on Him. Thank you for doing that. Now, this is not about shaming you to go to church. It's it's the exact opposite. (laughs) Let this be a time of rest. A time that we can just worship Jesus. Just focus on the things that He has done for us. And take time out of our busy schedules. Boy, so many of us, we're, we're running all the time. We live in a fast food world. It's not just about eating. It's about everything. Everybody wants something done right this very second. And, and so many of us live our life just going from one thing to the next, just trying to keep up. We desperately need a time to just stop. And let God's Holy Spirit wash over. So this morning, I hope you take some time to just worship. To just spend some time resting in the arms of your Savior. 
It's a worship. Second thing you can do is to think. Now, what, what I mean by this is, as we worship, as we go through this time of, of Sabbath, think about what we're doing. Now, this is a difficulty for folks. If you're like me, if you grew up in the church, I, I, I've been in the church all my life. My family, I was blessed with a Christian family, and we were in church every Sunday morning. And, you know, if I don't go to church on, on Sunday morning, some way I'm prevented from doing that. My whole week is just messed up. I just, you know, I, I, I'm just used to this. For the, if, you're like, if you're like me, if that, that's true for you, sometimes we can just kind of go through the motions. We go to church because that's what we've always done. We sing the hymns and songs and praise songs. That's what we've always done. So we're going to do that again. We give the offering because that's what we've done. We, you know, we just kind of get in, in a routine of doing that. Now, routines can be good. There's some, some good things about building some good habits in your life. Habits are not always bad. Some of them are very, very good and they help us. But, but don't let that be the only thing that you're doing today. Just take a moment to think about why did we just sing that song? Why did we sing about waiting on the Lord? I know the Bible says that, but but what does that mean to wait upon the Lord? If, If I'm singing, I will wait for you. What do I really mean by that? Take a moment just to think about it. As we read the scripture, what does it mean that that God said there's no temptation? No temptation. That God's not going to be there and show me the way out. What does that mean? To me personally, what does that verse really mean? Just take a moment today and think about what what we're doing. Don't just go through the motions of worship. Actually think about it. That's another great thing you can do to have a Sabbath. Is to just spend some time just, just thinking about it. Then the third thing sounds similar but it's a little bit different. The third thing is to reflect. To worship. Take some time to just recognize who God is. To think. Think about what it is that we're doing. But then to reflect. Now what I mean by that is take this time just to look back on the week gone by and just reflect on what God was doing. So many times we miss the wonderful things that God is doing all around us just because we don't reflect on it. We don't see it. We were right there in the middle of God doing something amazing and we were so busy and just going so fast that that we didn't even see what it was. But if you'll, you'll take a moment today and just... Just reflect on how, how has God spoken to you this week? What are, what's something that God taught you this week? What's something that God did to you or for you or through you or, or through someone you know that, that made an impact on you? Uh, a lot of folks keep a journal and they'll just write down, hey, here's something I learned from the Lord this week. But just take a moment to reflect on how God is at work. Those three things, to worship to think and to reflect, to worship, to recognize God, to think about what we're doing as we worship, to not just be going through the ritual of worship, but actually be thinking about why are we doing this? What does this mean? And then to reflect, what are some things that God is teaching me? What are some things that God has been doing this week? What's something that I saw that maybe I didn't recognize it was God at work, but wow, when I look back at it, God was really doing something special there. Take some time to do that. Those three things. 
will help you to have what we so desperately need, a Sabbath, a day to rest, and a day to give glory to our Lord and Savior. Heavenly Father, help us this morning. We are a people in need of rest. And that's really always been true. There, there's never been a, a time when it wasn't true, but boy, it sure is true today. We live such busy lives and, and we're so used to everything being instant <laughs> that we forget how important it is to just stop for a minute and rest. So help us do that. And Lord, help us worship you. Oh my goodness, Lord, you are worthy of our worship. You are worthy of our praise. Help us realize that. Help us never neglect to give you glory through the songs that we sing, through the words that we say. Help us to worship you and help us to think about it. Lord, so often we kind of just go through the motions. Lord, we don't want to do that. We're here for a, a holy purpose. So help us to think about what it is that we're doing, what it is that we're proclaiming. And then to reflect on the ways that you are working in our life. God, help us to see that. You're at work all the time. Help us to be watchful and see the ways that you are working in our life. Help us, Lord, we pray, to have a Sabbath. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.